Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the connections to get it done. I'm your host, Dick Crawford, and with me today is a very good friend, Mr. Pete Juan, a realtor serving the Pasadena San Gabriel Valley, who recently opened his own firm. Welcome, Pete. Thank you for good morning. the show. Thanks for having me. Certainly, certainly. Pete, you've been in this business for a while now. Give us a uh, give us a little background. How you started and came to have your own shop. Well, my slogan is uh, thirty years in real estate, a lifetime in Pasadena. I'm a Pasadena native. I was born and raised here, so that gives me an advantage um, because I know the market. I know everybody here. But uh, that's a little bit about me. I you know born and raised in Pasadena. I went to schools here. Started my real estate career. Started working with a gentleman uh, by the name of Jim Dixon. Jim Dixon at the time was a large independent brokerage company, had three offices. That would have been in 1990, had three offices, probably over 200 agents working for him. Super, super nice guy. He took me under his wing and just really mentored me and trained me and put me on the right path, gave me the right direction as far as teaching me that you know, real estate's not about selling houses. It's about building relationships and, and being in relationships with people that uh, – I can still hear him telling me today that uh, real estate's a people business, and that's really what got me going and got me on the right start, if you will. I think a lot of people think it's no, it's it's about transactions, and it's really not. It's about relationships, and it's about uh, yeah. putting yourself in relationships with people. And when the need arises, they call you and go, hey, I need to sell my house, I need to buy a house, whatever that may look like. So, I had a, a good mentor that really put me on that path early on. Um, spent uh, uh, 11 years working with him. He passed away. I then went out on my own for a year, and then uh, I partnered with a couple of other people, and we opened uh, Keller Williams Realty here in Pasadena and oh, okay. worked there for worked, was there for 14 years, had a great experience working under the, the brand of Keller Williams, learned a lot, associated with a lot of really good people, and then uh, end of uh, 2019, uh, started my own real estate brokerage company, Pete Juan Associates. So we're excited to be doing what we need to do on our own and uh, really having fun, doing uh, fun things and just really kind of expanding our brand and uh, really learning about more, more and more about what real estate brokerage is all about. Well, that's excellent. That, uh, very exciting, too. Kind of a step into the abyss. Uh, so I'm sure it, I know you well enough. I think that that uh, environment suits you well. So I, I think uh, you're going to flourish in that over the years. That's that's very exciting. That should be, and you know we're taking baby steps at this point, especially with COVID. But uh, we've had an excellent year. Um, our clients have been very supportive of us and following our brand and. It was interesting. Before I did that, I started talking to some of my A-plus, A-clients, and thought, hey, do you really care who I work with? And they're like, no, we work with you, Pete. We don't really care who you are with. So it was a, a relatively easy transition for us. That's, that's awesome. That's a good endorsement, too, from clients. That's, uh, that's pretty comforting. Exactly. Now, you and I are not exactly neighbors in this business. The, the heart of our markets are almost an hour apart. So tell me about your, and is it Pasadena, San Gabriel Valley, how you refer to it? Tell me, tell me about that clientele and how you approach the business with them. So our, our primary market area is 
the West San Gabriel Valley. So I look at it as Glendale to Glendora along the 210 freeway corridor, if you will. Okay. And uh, we really focus on residential sales. That's all we do. We do a little bit of multifamily sales, but it's all residential sales. Uh, probably 90% of my business comes to me from referrals from my past clients or my sphere of influence to people that they know that need my real estate services. So I'm pretty blessed that way that I've been able to build a, a, a pretty strong referral-based business. Uh, another big portion of our business is just representing listings and representing home sellers. And it takes a, a different set of skills, really, to be a really effective listing agent and be a good communicator with a seller and lay out in, in terms that they will understand on what's going to happen through that process. It's more than just putting a sign in the yard and praying. There's a lot of effort and, and different things that go into a successful sale of a property for a home seller. And we've really put a lot of very good systems in place and really kind of specialize in, in hoping, handling home sellers and taking them from getting their house listed to a successful close of escrow. One of the things that we've really kind of noticed that we're working with a lot of home sellers now that are making a transition from one home to the next, and, and uh, that takes another set of skills to be able to take a seller, sell their current home, and put them into a, a new home and a new purchase of a new home and do it simultaneously with a concurrent close of escrow. Yeah. And, and we've been very successful this year and uh, in the past with helping clients do that. And I've seen uh, other realtors and other people try to do it different ways, but uh, you know, we've, we've been very successful with that. Of late. Well, it, it probably, too, uh, reverts back to your whole idea of making it more of a relationship than a transaction because you can get the transaction done, but you want it to go smoothly and in a fashion that suits the, uh, suits the client and their situation. So that is a very delicate dance. Yeah. Well, it's all built on trust, and it's all built on uh, competence, and trust and competence and, uh, go hand in hand. I mean, if right. uh, people trust you, they'll do business with you. If people like you, they'll do business with you. And exactly. It's all relational. Yeah. Now, you likely often get the question from them, Pete, how's the market? You know, we all do. But this year it's coming up more than ever, of course. Um, what are your clients asking? What's on their mind? Well, you know, it's interesting, and, and we've early on during the pandemic, so, you know, March, April, I would uh, reach out to people, and, and uh, especially clients and my sphere of influence and people that I've done business with, and just checking in, making sure they're, they're okay, making sure they're healthy, making sure that they're safe, and that question would always come up. And uh, the answer that we had was, well, the market's doing really well given the pandemic, given the social distancing and the different guidelines that have been put in place that we need to adhere to in order to show a house successfully. And uh, people were really kind of surprised that uh, buyers and sellers were, sellers were putting their homes on the market and buyers were actually buying homes. And as we've gone from March, April of 2020 to September, October of 2020, that question has changed a little bit because 
there's more reporting done that the consumer is actually getting and listening to, and they know that interest uh, that because of interest rates, the demand for housing is is uh, um, very high, and that homes are selling at record numbers and record prices and things like that. So that conversation is a little bit different now than it was six, seven months ago. Yeah, it's a little more, uh, shall we say, a proactive conversation as opposed to maybe you know defensive conversation or or a, or a worrisome. Uh, yeah, or reactive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, has, yeah, it has definitely changed. Now there, there's a lot of talk about um, about Californians on the move in the media and in our daily work. We we get that. Uh, yesterday, in fact, you sent me an article about people uh, uh, trading the big city for a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are you hearing from your clients about that that subject? Well, you know, I was looking at some of my numbers. We've this year alone, we've relocated. Um, two clients to Arkansas, one client to Missouri. We sold their houses here in California, and they relocated there. We relocated another client uh, to Arizona, one to Oregon. And those seem to be the hot spots. Outside of Arkansas, I was a little surprised, but uh, Arkansas <laughs> is uh, a great, I think a great, uh, a great state, got a lot, to, a lot to offer. But a lot of people are, you know, selling their homes here, and moving to other states, um, a lot of feedback that I have been getting from my clients is is that it's a lot of profit-taking. A lot of people realize the value of their home that they've owned for 20, 30 years has gone way up, and they realized, hey, now's a good time to make a a transition. Now's a good time to sell that property at a high number and be able to, to exit California and go somewhere else, pay cash for a home, put themselves in a, in a better economic situation. A lot of these people that I just described are older people, either at or above retirement, uh, that they're able to do these type of things. Right. Um, I did have a friend of mine, I didn't help them, but I did have a friend of mine that uh, his son, who is probably mid-20s, moved to Houston because he couldn't find a job here in Southern California, and um, found a job in Houston, exactly what he wanted to do. He and his wife bought a house out there, and it was all because of job availability and affordability of real estate is, is what took them there. So I think a lot of people that may be exiting or migrating out of California's real estate market are looking for that, especially younger people. Yes, yes. And I I kind of see it as a – almost a smorgasbord of undesirable changes. You know, it's a buffet. There's something for everyone. Uh, Just various things going on that we're all quite uh, aware of. Uh, And I think the changes have sparked the conversation about moving. Uh, What do we want to do? And then the combination of technology and low interest rates are giving it legs. And then you, you throw in, you know, the high values in Southern California and the ability, as you say, to take that cash. I think it's giving it legs, uh, and it's been brewing for some time now. It, now it's just top of mind. Everybody wants more space in their life, whether it's house or yard or commute or even more space in their checkbook at the end of the month. Everybody wants a little more space to breathe in some area of their life. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely see a lot of that happening. I think a lot of people are also realizing that uh, with 
um, mobility and, and work at home type things, they're able to work at home and able to maybe spend three days working at home and two days working in an office or four days at yes. home and one day in the office. And they're moving to suburb areas that may be a little bit further from their office, but because they're only moving, going to their office once or twice a week, they're able to do the commute versus five days a week. And I think people are, are willing to do that and make those kind of sacrifices because of being able to um, stay at home more. Yes, that's, that's the technology giving it legs, and it's more and more acceptable you know, by, by management, if you will. Um, well, it's so. been kind of interesting showing properties to clients. Yeah. And, uh, you know, typically people, I want a three- or four-bedroom house. Right. Not, but when you're showing them the house, you go, okay, this would be a perfect home office. And people go, oh, that's good. And people yeah. are looking for these home office type things or something yes. that has a, a flexible enough floor plan that they can use a, have a home office at home. Or even a homeschool. A lot of people are, have yes. kids that are homeschooling now, and they need that space. Yeah, I think uh, if, if, if it's not a bigger bedroom, then they're going to want a space for the kids to do homework and a corner of a big room for mom and a corner of, a big, of the same big room for dad and maybe even separate rooms if they're both working at home at the same time. So there have been a lot of changes in that direction. Sure, by all means. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned a, a few uh, situations where you've, you've helped people make big moves. Um, any particular uh, stories around those? Any particular, um, you know, successes that, that you can point to that, that you know, your, your relationship with agents made it a little bit easier? Well, yes. Um, one in particular that um, the transition wasn't very successful and the home seller, I, I tried to get her to use an agent that I knew in that area that they were moving to, and it wasn't that successful because she used another realtor, and it wasn't really that great of a transaction for her. There were a lot of things that kept coming back to her that she would call me and ask me on, and you know, it was difficult for her because she didn't have a, a good top-quality agent that I would have referred to her uh, had I had the opportunity. Uh, most of the time what we're able to do is we have a seller that's selling here and moving to a different area. Because of the contacts and networks that we have with our industry, we're able to refer them to a highly trained, highly educated, motivated realtor that's going to meet their needs and uh, take care of them just as if I was handling the transaction right for them. Yes. And that becomes a big difference. And a lot of times people don't realize that until they have made that move and they're halfway through this transaction that, wow, the experience I had with selling my home is very different than the experience I'm having dealing with a different agent um, because of that, right? So I yeah. always highly recommend that if you're moving to a different part of the country, make sure you're getting a, a good referral from your active realtor that you're working with currently to an agent that's going to be well-trained and well-versed to be able to help you in that location. Yeah, I, I, I refer to it as, you know, introducing a client who needs help a thousand miles away. Um, and that's a tough one. They're not only, you know, unless they've 
they've lived there before or they've vacationed there every summer for, you know, 20 years, uh, they still haven't been there in the winter. So, right. you know, they, they do need somebody who, who knows what the heck's going on. And, and that's where being connected to a large network of professionals uh, really comes in handy. You mentioned, you know, people in, in our network. We've trained with them for many years. We've broken bread, shared our stories, et cetera. So that relationship is not just, you know, one based on the transaction, but it's really based on re- true relationships and getting to know each other as people. That's what makes it work when you're dealing with that agent a thousand miles away. Yeah. Well, getting back to your initial question, is there any issues that I explained that issue? I had two other clients referred them uh, one agent in Colorado, one agent in um, um, a different state, Arizona. And uh, the only time I heard from that client or that agent is, oh, we're closing. Oh, great. And it just went smooth as butter because of the agent that I referred them to, right? So that's great. But because of the relationship, had there been a question or an issue, it would have been real easy to deal with them on the phone because, you know, there's no hidden agenda. Uh, no, exactly. Yeah. You know, genuinely trying to, to really orchestrate and, and coordinate the different moves. Well, making sure uh, it's a good fit for that client, making sure that they're dealing with someone that's competent and, you know, helping them interview a realtor a thousand miles away that uh, they might not know and they might yeah. not know what questions to ask. Right. And really, you know, I go back to the old uh, the old Yellow Pages example is, you know, the thing with the Yellow Pages was uh, you could look as big as your competition. You know, you can get a quarter-page ad just like your competition has, and you can look the same. Well, yeah, that's what happens when people just, you know, go on Yelp, you know, Boise Yelp, and find out a find out what's a good agent in Boise according to Yelp, and that that's that could work, but probably not to your best advantage. Well, the only time I use Yelp is if I'm looking for a restaurant. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and even then, you kind of put it yeah. past a friend or two just to make sure. You, you drive around you, the block a couple of times before you park the car. You got to read the reviews. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, this is all at the the core of my intention for this Eyes West podcast, Pete. Um, you know, when our clients are selling their home here and buying a home there, it's important that the two agents know each other um, yeah. because we want the process to work well at both ends. And and our clients deserve that level of attention and service, and, of course, it reflects back on us. Um, so knowing people throughout the West, I mean, you know, you'll nod your nod your head as I read off, you know, a bunch of different cities. Um, what what really attracts you to this network? Because it is a strong network of people, and we do actually, uh, pre-COVID and post-COVID, uh, get together on a fairly regular basis and do trainings and such. What what what's special about that for you? It's the relationship that's getting to know that person as an individual, not just as a realtor. Get to know get to know their family. I mean, I've been to events where I've met realtors in uh, you know Florida, and I'm introduced to their husband or wife or their kids, and you know they're real people. And yeah. then you end up doing business with people that are real people, 
right. and or you have the confidence to refer someone to someone like that because you know them personally and you've met them. Yeah. It's not like you know going on some online referral network thing and trying to find someone. It's it's based upon who I know and how I know them versus, you know, dialing for dollars, if you will, and trying to find someone that may work. Right, right. Some of the things that uh, that we've been hearing from people who are just interested in getting out of California, um, you know, we hear all kinds of different reasons. Um, one of them you and I were talking about the other day was uh, some of the things on the ballot. Um, we've got Proposition 15 and 19 on the ballot coming up, and uh, I'm just suggesting to all my clients, uh, you you know, let's read up on these things, make sure you understand what they are, and what, what's your take on either one of them? Uh, pick one. Um, I think 15 talks about the commercial, uh, the assessments on commercial property, and 19 is dealing with uh, more of a residential property. Yeah, so good point. I mean, a lot of uh, people are leaving California because of, uh, like I said, uh, profit-taking, but also people are looking at high taxes. I mean, California's uh, state income tax is the highest in the nation. And so you look at some of the states that people are relocating to, states like Nevada, states like Tennessee, states like Texas that have uh, zero state income tax. People are looking at that going, that's for me, or I'm going to retire and pay less state income taxes. But some of the things that also are affecting people's um, choice to stay here in California are things that um, that elected politicians are putting in place, such as different propositions. So back in 1978, Californians voted in and uh, by uh, 65% um, measure, voted Prop 13, which uh, uh, curtailed the increases um, of the increase of property taxes that a homeowner's home could increase on, okay? So Proposition 15 would create a split role, and what that means is they would split the, the tax rolls from residential to commercial, and they would handle those taxes differently um, based upon the type of property. So Proposition 15 is really going after, at this particular point, or raises to increase uh, property taxes on commercial properties, and, and there's a whole bunch of different guidelines and different things that are involved in Proposition 15 uh, that has been set in place. Two things to, to really pay attention to this is, one, that um, a lot of um, county assessors throughout the state of California have come out and said, we're going to have a major implementation problem. How do we implement this at the local level? How do we implement this at the county level? How do we track all these different properties? How do we actually split the rules of, of taxation? And a lot of county assessors have said, we can't implement this. We don't have the ability to do this. If we could have it in, in a couple of years, but effectively they're saying we're not going to be able to implement this whole thing. The, the small print on this initiative says that, um, that the state legislator would then be the final orator or decision maker as to the implementation of this. So if you look at it and go, well, wait a minute, we're voting on this. We want the counties to decide how to implement it. But if they can't implement it, it goes back to the state legislators, and we kind of know what they're going to do in Sacramento. It's just raise taxes. 
So my other concern is that once they get this uh, in place as far as Proposition 15, uh, then they're going to come at, back and try to do something on the residential side, which would then be an attack on homeowners' property taxes. I mean, I've got a lot of friends and people in my sphere of influence and clients that are elderly, senior citizens that are on fixed incomes that, you know, they're paying property taxes on a property they bought 40 years ago, which is really all they can afford. But if their property taxes double and triple, what's that going to allow that person to do? Right. They're not going to be able to pay their taxes. They're not going to be able to stay in the state of California because of higher taxes, so they're going to have to sell that property and move because of that. So these are the type of things that we look at that is causing, I think, some migration out of California because of these different type of initiatives and different ways that people will be taxed uh, on their home. The other proposition is Proposition 19, and it's kind of a bait and switch. If you look at the proposition, it all sounds really good. It's a, it's a, a portability. It allows families uh, over 55 or homeowners over 55 to move into a replacement property and keep their lower property taxes in different counties, or I should say all counties within the state of California. Now, we have that rule in place right now in the state of California, but it's only implemented in like 13 or 15 counties. I don't know the exact number, yes, but it's a small. small amount of numbers. So this would right. also then allow you to say, sell a property in L.A. County, move your low tax base to San Diego County, Fresno County, whatever it may be, and keep that tax base. The downside of that is that one of the biggest things that we as that Proposition um, 13 did for us is that um, in Proposition um, um, another Proposition 58 um, allows homeowners to transfer an existing tax base to parent to child, parent to grandchild. And, and uh, maintain the tax base. And maintain the, the, the current tax base. So if Proposition 19 passes, we get the portability. We can move our tax base to different states. But the downside of it is that we're not going to be able to transfer property taxes parent to child. Now, there are more parent to child transfers per year than portability transfers of property taxes. Now, would that increase if this property proposition passed because now we can go to all 50, state, uh, 50 counties or 52 counties? I forget how many counties are in California. Right. Yeah, maybe, but there's more transfers from parent to child uh, that would keep property taxes low. So it's kind of a bait and switch. There's some good to it. There's some bad to it. Uh, the California Association of Realtors is uh, supporting Proposition 19. I'm telling people to vote against Proposition 19 because I think this can do, we can keep the parent-to-child uh, in effect and then get portability also. So, you know, yeah. it, it's, a big, it's a big ask to give up, okay? There you go. Um, I kind of follow, follow the Har Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association uh, information. That's why I get a lot of this information. So yes. if people are looking for that, it's just their website is hjta.org, and you can get more information on that. Uh, we don't have time to go into Proposition 21, but it's just another uh, ballot measure that would allow um, more rent control and rent control cr controlled on a, a smaller citywide basis and, and put in place um, 
different things that uh, would allow cities to control um, rent control and, and pass by cities. It would also be uh, taking out current laws that are in place. So another proposition that's on the November ballot that we want to pay attention to in California is Proposition 21. And um, I'm a prop, prop, property, private property rights guy that I think if we own property, we pay taxes on the property, we should be able to do what we want with that property. And if we want to rent it to someone at a certain rate, we should be allowed to do that and not have uh, the government try to control a market, which they're not very good at, um, and yeah. implement certain things that, uh, uh, that are not going to work. They're trying to control the, the rental market by putting rent control in place, and I don't think that's a very effective tool. You know, I, I think on each of those propositions, uh, of course, people need to read them and study them and do their own research and make their own decisions and such. Um, what always uh, kind of piques my interest is what are the unintended consequences of this particular, you know, idea? And that's where I think a lot of the of the, the laws can, can fall short. They, they, as you say, they try to get in there and, and tweak the market a little bit, but for every little peg you hammer down, another peg jumps up. And so I think people need to take that into consideration is what are the unintended consequences? How will the market respond? Because the market's not going to stay the same except for that one little tweak that's on the, on the ballot. Exactly. I, I think that's the message there is understand what the or at least ask questions about what the unintended consequences would be, and then of course you know vote vote to uh, to what what works for you. Um, but yeah, big election coming up in a lot of things, not just national; it is local as well. Well, it's always more local than national. That affects us more yep. immediate and intimate, yep. if you will. Yep. And uh, especially as real estate brokers, real estate practitioners, we need to look at these things and make sure that we're advising our clients on how the ramifications are going to affect their real estate holdings, especially if they own more than just a single family home. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, after, uh, after talking with a very few um, well-established Southern California agents, such as yourself, uh, agents that you and I both know, just a handful of us. Uh, after talking with all of them, my guests are going to be professional out-of-state agents who we also know and trust. And the idea is for them to give us some insights into their local market and maybe strike forward with, with our listeners. So I, basically, I just want our, our clientele, yours and mine, and, and the others in here in Southern California, I want them to have the confidence and um, the trust to start the conversation about their next move. And I think that confidence starts here, starts with information like this. Sure. So that's my intention, and I think people will appreciate having the good connections to guide them along. Uh, does that make sense to you? It really does, and I've had a lot of conversations uh, with potential clients and people in my market that they are like, yeah, I'd love, my, I'd love to sell my house, but where do I go? And they, they don't know what point B looks like. They, you know, they're at point A. They've been in point A for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, whatever that might, time frame may be. And they like to move for different reasons. Maybe it's age. Maybe it's retirement. Maybe it's economic. We don't know. But they don't know what point B looks like. And if we can educate them on what that point B looks like, different cities, different states, uh, I think that's going to help everybody. Oh, very well said. 
Well, that's my intention, and I think uh, I think it'll really strike a chord. Now, to wrap it up, I have a couple of questions for you that I always like to ask at the very end. Are you ready? Um, yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, what can you say, kind of, kind of what you were just talking about, what can you say to reassure your clients these days? You know, it's... Um, in in, in 3,000 words or less. In 3,000 words or less. Um, I can do it in four words. <laughs> okay, good. I always tell them I've got your back. No matter what happens in a transaction, I've got your back. Know that I'm going to make sure that you get through this transaction with someone representing you in a professional manner to make sure that your needs are met. And so I've got your back is just kind of what I tell everybody. Excellent. That, that's, uh, that works in every situation uh, because everybody's got different concerns. So very good. I like well, that. it's all about trust. And, you know, you don't get – you're not given trust. You have to earn trust, right? Yes. And um, so it's a process, right? But if you reassure people and let them know, hey, I've got your back, I'm going to make sure you have the right information to make the right decisions uh, to get – meet your goal on, on whatever your real estate goal is, uh, they relate to that and they understand that we're there to help them and not just uh, create a transaction and get a check. It's more to us than that. There you go. Good. Very reassuring. Okay, question two. How do you make the business fun for you and for your team and for your clients? Well, as you know, Dick, uh, I'm kind of a wise guy, so uh, I'm the, uh, <laughs> You? No, no, no. I've, I've got three older brothers, so I always had a protection mechanism growing up, and my protection mechanism <laughs> was humor, right? So I always use humor, and I've always got some wisecrack thing to say or some, some way to interject humor into situations, and so that's one way I do it. And I do it in a professional way, but it, it's kind of fun for me. But also we create different things. We do different things with our clients. Uh, we meet them. Uh, we try to serve them in a way that uh, they know that we're uh, meeting their needs and taking care of them. But also we have you know, different fun things that we work on. Like, for example, on Labor Day this year, we hired a, a shave ice truck that showed up at my house and we invited the neighborhood and we invited uh, a bunch of clients to come over and have a free shaved ice on us. And we had over 100 people show up and it was just had a, a fun day. So it's not real estate related. It's just us being realtors, but also being a neighbor and interjecting and, and uh, interacting with people, um, not as a realtor, but as their neighbor and as their friend. Ah, marvelous. And it's it's refreshing for everybody. No, well, exactly, thank, yeah. Thank you for both of those answers. We, we all need a little more uh, confidence and fun in our lives these days. So with that... Well, if we can't laugh, what can we have, right? We can't no, laugh sometimes, right? That's right. If we can't laugh, we might not have the confidence. To, Especially sometimes we have to laugh at ourselves, right? So. That's right. That's right. Um, so I would just say to uh, kind of close things out, uh, it was ever a time for uh, strong relationships and trust among professionals. Now is definitely that time. So um, if you have questions, I'll be 
western San Gabriel Valley from Glendale to Glendora. And if you want to hear more about your options for leaving that area, uh, Pete Juan of Pete Juan and Associates should be your definitely should be your first call. He and his team provide uh, professional personal service, and he knows agents throughout the West who can help you succeed in uh, in that move of a lifetime that you're looking towards. In future Eyes West episodes, you will hear from agents across the West, all of whom are our friends and colleagues in the business, and Pete can definitely hook you up with them in another city. Pete, this has been a very engaging call. I really appreciate your time. I, I, uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. We're always having fun. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. All right, my pleasure. Uh, take good care of yourself. Be safe, and we'll talk soon. All right, thanks, Dick. All right, bye-bye.